Hallelujah. Somebody say, I have a promise. Somebody say, I have a promise. That encouraged me this morning, that prayer from Minister Dominique. That reminds us no matter what's going on in this world, that the Lord has given us promises. And the good news is, is that his promises are yes and amen. Men know how to break promises, but the Lord is a promise keeper. Somebody say amen. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. I'm reminded of something this morning in John chapter 17, verse 15. Jesus told and he was praying and he said that I pray not that you remove them from the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Somebody say, keep me from the evil one. I know we're on, in some evil days and I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired of, of seeing posts of people passing away. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired. But God has to keep us from the evil one. Amen. I want us to go to Romans chapter 12. If you can take up your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 12. I want us to look at verse number one. Whenever you have it, I want you to stand to your feet. So good that people still believe in the keeping power of our God. That men were still glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Romans chapter 12. I want to look at verses one and two. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. If you don't have it, it should be on our screens. The Bible reads as thus, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Then verse number two says this, but don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Somebody say my mind. My then you will learn how learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Verse number two again says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I want to, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning, a renewed mind. Somebody say a renewed mind. I've been on this sermon series called Let This Mind Be In You, uh, cultivating a mind like Christ. And I need y'all to understand something. If we're going to endure the circumstances of life, the culture of life, the, even the crisis that come as a result of, of life, I've got to have the mind of Christ. Tell your neighbor, I've got to have the mind of Christ. I, I've got to have the mind of Christ. So if we don't have the mind of Christ, we're lost. And I want you to understand something throughout scripture. It makes reference of corrupted minds. We, we see this in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3. We see this in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 5. And we also see this in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 8. But even more, these texts go on to reveal the tragedy of having a corrupted mind. They speak of these minds, notice this, um, th that, that, that are corrupted, have, don't have the ability to be, um, um, for the, the, the truth of God to be revealed to them. Hear what I'm trying to tell you. We don't have the ability to retain the truth of God, and we don't have the ability to respond to the truth of God. Somebody say, that's a corrupted mind. 
Whenever I can't, um, the, the truth of God can't be revealed to me, whenever I can't retain the truth of God, whenever I can't respond to his truth, that means I have a corrupted mind. And hear this, that, that in essence what that means is that my mind is useless to God. And here's the sad reality is that we have many believers unable to retain the truth of God. Believers, somebody say believers. Believers that don't have the ability for God to reveal his truth to them. And believers that don't even have the ability to respond to the truth of God. Because their minds are corrupted. And I need us to understand this. Despite what you believe, we have all been born into corruption. Somebody say all of us. Somebody might be saying, how do I know? Because 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 49 declares, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust. And I need us to see that one Greek translation of the word dust in this text means that which is passing away. In other words, corrupted. Somebody might be saying, why is it significant to understand that we were born into corruption? Because whatever is corrupted, God, before God, God has to be has to clean. I need y'all to hear what I just said. Whenever there's something that is corrupted before God, it has to be cleaned by God. Tell your neighbor, I need my mind cleansed. And this is why foundational text admonishes believers to renew their minds. Because even though you may be saved, your process of, be, of your minds being sanctified is ongoing. And this is why we are, when we, even though we may be redeemed by God, it's not enough for us to be fully used by God if our minds are not renewed. It does not matter if I'm saved and redeemed by God. God can't fully use me if my mind is not renewed. Tell your neighbor, I need my mind renewed. So with all diligence, we must pursue our minds being renewed. Because a mind that cannot retain truth, a mind that is unable to have truth revealed to them, and a mind that is unable to respond to truth will produce a believer, watch this, that may be saved but will always rejoice in sin. Did y'all hear what I just said? You will be saved and still yet rejoice in sin. A mind that is not renewed, well, you can be saved and your mind will still try to rationalize their sin. And even though you may be saved, you'll still try to reason with your sin. That's a sad tragedy. And this is why our minds must be re renewed. And our prayer as believers must be, Lord, purify our minds. Because you cannot effectively pursue Christ avoid of your mind being purified. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care if your mama sit on the missionary board. I don't care if your daddy is a deacon. You cannot pursue Christ effectively if your mind is not purified. Tell your neighbor, I need my mind purified. So the critical question for any believer is that, is, that is concerned, watch this, uh, about where we are, about where we're going, and if we will get there, is this. How do I purify my mind? What must I do so that my mind might be renewed? I believe Paul reveals the answer to these questions in our foundational text. And I think it's important to note that Paul, who Paul was addressing in this text, I want y'all to see that Paul was speaking to believers in Rome whose minds were greatly influenced by pagan religion. Somebody say pagan religion. At, at, at this time, the church in Rome was, was influenced by pagan religion. There were Greek gods and goddesses worship um, that was prevalent during that time. They were also influenced, somebody say, political powers. 
the Roman government had authority over this Roman territory. And watch this, they were also influenced by public opinion. Somebody say public opinion. The Gentiles had the majority. So it was not, even though the Roman church was there, Gentiles, those who were not saved, had the majority. And if we can be honest, these believers face much of what we face today. The minds of current day believers have been greatly influenced by people who are more spiritual than Christian. Many of us are so influenced by people who say, no, I'm not Christian, I'm spiritual. Greatly influenced. And, and watch this, my, my, my brother-in-law even said it, they're greatly influenced by more people who are more Republican than Christian. Somebody say greatly influenced. And where the opinion of men matter more than the opinion of Christ. Somebody say greatly influenced. We're in a time where we're more influenced by the things of this world rather than God. Somebody say corruption. But here's the good news is that, our, that even though our minds might be corrupted, they can also be cleansed. So here's what I want to do this morning. I just simply want to examine our text so that we might understand what it requires of us to renew our minds. So let's look at verse number one. Verse number one says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. I need us to understand a self-controlled mind is a mind that will always remain a slave to corruption. A self-controlled mind will always be a slave to corruption. So here's, here, somebody might be saying, what, what are you trying to say? Where reasoning begins and ends with self. When you only reason with yourself and that reasoning ends with self. When you try to rationalize, it begins and ends with self. And watch this, where, where our resolve begins and ends with self. Somebody say self-control. And somebody may be saying, why is this so significant to a renewed mind? Because a mind that is controlled by you is always useless to the father. A mind that is controlled by you is always useless to the father. So here's the first thing I need us to understand. If we want to renew our minds, we've got to release our will. Tell your neighbor, release your will. Uh, because this is why Paul admonishes believers with this wor these words in verse number one of our foundational text. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Watch this. Paul is pleading with believers not to just give up control of our mannerisms. Because y'all know we can fake the funk in church and give up our mannerism and act like we have the mind of God. Now he's not just saying give up your mouth to God. Because y'all know we know how to say I'm blessed and highly favored. But I can't complain. But what God is trying to say is I need you to give up everything. And somebody say that includes my mind. And the problem with many believers is we don't mind God controlling some of our bodies as long as he doesn't control our minds. And although we may not say it, we have too many believers that think they know better than God. See, y'all don't want to say that. Many of us walk around not knowing that our actions say that we think we know better than God. And somebody may be saying, how do I know? Because many of us don't seek God's counsel on our decisions. Somebody say, you know better than God. Many don't consider God when think what God would think concerning their decisions. Tell your neighbor, they think better than God. 
And many watches don't contemplate on how God's word reflects in their decisions. They think they know better than God. How many of us have made decisions so loosely without getting counsel from God? Listen, I've learned that I can save myself a whole bunch of heartache if I get his counsel before I make the decision. And here's what we like to do. We like to take control of the decision and then we want God to get us out of the ditch. Did y'all hear what I just said? We want to take control of the decision and once we find ourselves in a ditch, God come save me. And God could have saved us a lot of heartache if we would have got counsel before the decision. And many of us think we know better than God. Oh, that's a sad tragedy, y'all. And watch this. When God is not included in your decisions, what you're saying is God is insignificant to your decision-making process. That's dangerous, y'all. Somebody say that's dangerous. But hear this. A decision that does not include the divine, that's God's mind concerning the matter, will always be dead. I don't think y'all just heard what I just said. A decision that does not include the divine, the result will always be death. And we wonder why stuff didn't work out like we thought it needed to work out. Because it produced death. And tell your neighbor, it was my fault. It was your fault because you left out God. And watch this. This is why the New Living Translation of Proverbs 19, 21 declares this. I think it's on our screen. Uh, can you go to that, that text for me? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it was on that, on that slide. Notice what the Bible says. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. So here's a word of wisdom. This is why many efforts, many endeavors, and even the events of believers fail because God was never in them when they conceived them in their minds. They were dead on arrival. Oh, y'all, you see, see, y'all don't like this. We may not like this, but some of our ministries, some of our meetings, and even some of our marriages were dead because God's mind was not on them, but it, watch this, it was simply ours. Listen, many of us have got married to folk, and we wonder why now we got to get a divorce. Tell your neighbor, God was never in that. Many folks start ministries and we wonder why they lost the building, they lost the ministry. Somebody say God was never in that. So we've got to be in a posture that before I make any decision in my life, I know that's a good idea. I know that I was watching something on TV and a a, a vision just floated in my mind. But I need to know, God, are you in this? Because I don't want to what conjures in my mind to be dead on arrival. Many of the stuff that we we thought up in our minds was dead on arrival. And this is why a renewed mind requires that we take our hands off of it. I know that's tough, y'all, but somebody say, I've got to release my will. And this is why as believers, we must ensure that our every plan, our every purpose, and even what we participate in, this is what we got to ask God. Now, we've got to ask ourselves, God, are you in this? How many times have we got into relationships and God won in it? I've got to ask myself, God, what's your thoughts concerning this? I know it seems like a good idea, but God, what are your thoughts concerning this? And watch this, God, help me yield to your purpose for this. Because many of us have a purpose for stuff, but God, I need to walk in your purpose. Tell your neighbor, renew my mind. 
our, our minds have to be removed, renewed. And watch this. Because we can't afford for our plans to be dead on arrival. We have to declare, listen, I know we don't like this, but I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough senses and that our wisdom isn't that sound. I know you got all kind of degrees. I know that you're the boss on your job, but your wisdom is not that sound. And this is why the Lord said in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, God is saying you're not smart enough. I know, it, listen, it ain't that deep. Somebody say, I'm not smart enough. Listen, every day I wake up, I'm not smart enough. I know, God, that I got some vision and I got some plans, but God, I'm not smart enough. And watch this, we'll, we'll stop making so much foolish decisions when we can declare to ourselves, I'm not smart enough. And we got too many folk that think they're smarter than God. Watch this. This is why the hymnists pen these words I don't know y'all, y'all, see we got a contemporary church, we don't know about the hymns of old. He says, guide me, O great Jehovah, a pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, thou art mighty, hold me, watch this, by thy powerful hand. Because watch this, the hymnist knew if God did not guide his thoughts, then his thoughts would guide him. Ooh. I need God to guide my thoughts, y'all. I said that on last week. If God don't guide my thoughts, then my thoughts will guide me. And we wonder why we get into so much mess. We get into so much trouble because we allow our thoughts to guide us and not God guide my thoughts. Listen, you ain't in that much of a hurry that you can't ask God to guide your thoughts. And many of us like to see the fruit of our ideas and the fruit of our plans so quickly. But what we've got to do is we've got to pause because I don't want my thoughts and my ideas, watch this, to be dead on arrival. I've got to ask God, God, are you in this? And watch this, when your thoughts guide you, your mind will never be trapped in corruption. Uh, hear this. Even more, our text reveals that until you release your will, you'll never be able to give God reasonable worship. That's just a side note, y'all. Many, many of us think that we come to church and that we're lifting our hands and that we're giving God reasonable worship. But until you release your will, you'll never be able to give God real worship. Hit, hit somebody may be saying, how do, you, how do you know that, Pastor Keith? Notice what our foundational text says. The Bible says, when we give our bodies as a living sacrifice, the Bible says this is truly the way to worship him because your will will always get in the way of worship to him. And that means a renewed mind is a requirement for worship. So here's the question we got to ask ourselves. Have I really been worshiping him? Did y'all don't don't get distracted, y'all? I've got to ask myself: Have I really been worshiping Him? Have I got in the way of my worship to God? Ask your neighbor: Have I really been worshiping Him? Our prayer must be that we are weak, so God guide us, guide our minds, O oh great Jehovah. And this is why a renewed mind requires releasing our will. So the first thing I needed us to understand is that we got to take our hands off. I know that we think we're so smart. I know we think we're so deep. I know we think that we can um, reach the third heavens. I know all of that. I know you're so anointed, but you've got to release your will. Let's look at verse number two. Let's look at the beginning portion. Notice what the Bible says. 
The Bible says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. When God has control of our minds, we can't allow what's carnal to consume nor compel our minds. Did y'all hear what I just said? In other words, we've got to reject what's worldly. I know that sounds real old school, but we've got to reject what's worldly. It's some stuff in this world that is still, somebody say worldly. Ah, ah, we've got to reject what's worldly. In other words, we've got to reject every intention, every idea, and watch this, every imagination that opposes God's direction, God's design, and God's doctrine. Somebody say, we've got to reject it. Everything, every idea, every imagination that opposes God's design, God's direction, and God's doctrine, I've got to reject it. And one of the reasons we don't know God's design, God's direction, is because many of us ain't in God's word. Tell your neighbor, get in his word. That's why you're still worldly, because you're not in his word. I can't help you on that until you get in your word. And notice what 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 declares. The Bible says, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And here's the sad reality. We have too many believers that entertain things that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. What do I mean? Many of us entertain words that don't edify other believers. How many times in your mind have you said, I want to give her a piece of my mind? And, and we let it, somebody say, I let it linger. Just catch me on the wrong day at the wrong time. And we entertain words that do not edify. See, y'all, y'all think, y'all, y'all, I don't know about y'all, but tell your neighbor, he talking about the pastor. Yeah, the pastor do too. I entertain that stuff. Watch this. We entertain content that does not glorify God. Somebody say, we entertain it. Ooh, the saints ain't around. I can watch this. Ooh, 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 pastor ain't around. I can just look at this for a little bit. We entertain stuff. Watch this. That, that does not glorify God. So we, we entertain words that don't edify other believers. We entertain content that does not glorify God. And watch this. We entertain thoughts that do not sanctify. Watch this. I need y'all to understand. What you entertain will ultimately be exposed. You may think nobody's around, but what you entertain will ultimately be exposed. I had to tell one of the saints the other day, listen, I see some stuff, but I don't say everything. That's some stuff that God, and the only reason God has revealed it to me is because you've been entertaining it. And many of us come to church thinking that we're going to get on by, that nobody's going to see what we've been entertaining in the dark. But somebody say it will be exposed. No, how, how do I know? Because watch this. Matthew 12, verse 34, I believe it's on our screen, says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Somebody say, out of the abundance of my mind. Watch this. Be careful what you let your mind entertain because at some point it will be exposed. So here's the critical questions we got to ask ourselves. What do I entertain in my mind that does not edify, that does not glorify, or does not sanctify? What has exalted itself above the knowledge of God that I failed to reject? I know you want to punch them in the face, but somebody say reject that. I know you want to go off on your boss and just walk out and say they can kiss your behind. Somebody say reject that. 
And many of us entertain that stuff. I know she's fine, and I know you think you can slide up in her DM, but somebody say rejected. Okay, y'all, I'm talking about myself. I love you, boo, but I'm talking about myself. Because notice this. Why is rejecting, watch this, why is rejecting what is worldly so significant to a renewed mind? Because when God gives, give, when, God, when God is given control of our mind, he desires to clean it. And watch this, what we fail to reject will cause us to continually ruin our mind. Somebody say corrupt it. Stop giving God extra work. Many of us are giving God extra work. Somebody say work with God and not against him. So many times we're entertaining stuff and God said, do you not know what I had to clean up the other day? And you giving me some more stuff to clean up? I've got to stop entertaining it. Listen, I learned how to turn my head a long time ago because I'm not trying to entertain it. And this is why a foundational text says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. See, I'm going to make some of y'all mad. Y'all ain't going to like this. Because despite how you feel, everything you learned in church was not clean. We can't copy the customs of this world. And many times what we learned in church were the traditions of men and not of God. So everything you learned in church was not clean. Everything, watch this, y'all ain't going to like this. I don't care who your former pastor was. Everything you learned from your pastor was not pure. See, we don't like that. Somebody say you better get in your word. And the reason we don't know everything that our pastor said was not pure because many of us were not in our word to know what they said that exalted itself above the knowledge of God. And watch this, y'all ain't going to like this, but some of that stuff you learned in your mama house was not holy. I know that's your mama. I know you love her. I love when she come too. But everything you learned in her house was not holy. I got to tell my own self this, mama, I love you, but everything I learned in the house was not holy. She know that. I, ain't, I love my mama. Listen, because watch this. And somebody may be saying, why? Why is this so significant, Pastor Keith? Because the enemy knows what you learn will typically lead you. And this is why when many times we come to a teaching church or a Bible-believing church that the pastor or the ministers or the clergy has to try to uproot all so much stuff from us because we learn stuff that led us in the wrong direction. See, y'all don't like that. You thought your mama house was holy. Tell your neighbor the devil was a lie. Listen, listen. The truth is some of us have to unlearn some worldly stuffs so that our minds won't be led astray. Notice what 1 Corinthians 3 verse 18 through 19 declares. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And here's a good litmus test as to what is worldly that we need our minds to reject. Because some of y'all say, I ain't really in my word, Pastor Keith. I do not know what's worldly and what's not. I don't know, Pastor Keith. I grew up in a holiness church. I don't know. Here's a good litmus test. Whatever appeases, watch this, attracts or aligns with our flesh is most likely worldly. Did y'all hear what I just said? What, whatever, whatever appeases your lustful desires. Somebody say that's probably worldly. 
Watch this. Whatever your flesh is attracted to. I know you like that cheeseburger with double cheese and double burger. But somebody say, watch that. Even that food can be worldly. If it attracts my flesh, it's probably worldly. And whatever aligns with my flesh, somebody say it's probably worldly. That, that won't tell me no. The, the stuff that says, no, you are right if you come on alongside of this. The, 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 the girl that say, no, your wife will never know. Somebody say that's worldly. So here's a good limit says, even if you ain't in your word, whatever appeases your flesh, whatever your flesh is attracted to, and whatever your flesh loves to align with, because the Bible says, how can two walk together lest they agree? See, y'all don't like that this morning. Tell your neighbor I'm trying to help somebody. That means, watch this, don't let what your flesh likes lead your mind astray. And as 1 Corinthians 2, uh, um, chapter 3, verse 18 through 19 reminds us, allowing our minds to follow our flesh will ultimately always have us looking like fools. Whenever you allow your mind to follow your flesh, tell your neighbor, I'm going to always look like a fool. I ain't gonna, I don't want, I don't have the energy to apologize about stuff like that. I'm gonna make sure that my mind is not led by my flesh. And this is why a renewed mind requires rejecting what is worldly. So hear this, y'all. I'm, I'm almost out your way. I said that we've got to release our will. We've got to take our hands off of it. I know we're smart. I know we got all kind of intellect. But we've got to ask God before you do anything, before you say anything, God, are you in this? And then we've got to reject what's worldly. I'm not going to allow my flesh to lead my mind. And now let's look at the next portion of verse number two. The Bible says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I, I need us to understand something. There's a distinct difference between reading God's word and receiving God's word. Did y'all hear what I just said? Because I need y'all to catch this. Because some of y'all know how to read y'all Bible every day, but y'all don't know how to receive his word. So there's a distinction between reading the word and receiving the word. Tell your neighbor, I need to receive the word. And here's the sad reality. We have so many more so-called believers that are more prone to read God's word rather than receiving God's word. And watch this. This is why you have pastors that are full of greed. Because they know how to read the word but don't receive the word. This is why you got ministers that gossip because they know how to read the word but not receive the word. And watch this. This is why you have church members that hold grudges because they know how to read the word but not receive the word. Listen, I know you can quote the Bible from front to back, but if you don't know how to receive that word, I need to run. Tell your neighbor, run. I need to run. I know that church know got word all over their church, but if they don't know how to receive it, run. Because watch this. When we know how to read the word, but are unwilling to receive the word, uh, somebody may be saying, what, do, what does that mean? Watch this. Receiving a word requires faithfulness to a word, which will always produce the fruit of that word. Somebody say, there's a promise. Minister, Minister Dominique said, there's a promise. So whenever I receive the word, that means I've got to walk in faithfulness to that word. And whenever I walk in faithfulness to that word, there will always be fruit from that word. So I don't care how much you know how to quote Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Somebody say that's the fruit of the spirit. But you're behind nasty. That means you did not receive the word. 
This is why y'all got nasty pastors, nasty bishops, nasty minister leaders, because they know how to read it but not receive the word. I'm in the business of receiving his word. Watch this. And that's a sad tragedy, y'all. Your thinking, watch this. I need us to understand something. Your thinking is only transformed to the degree and quality of teaching that you receive. Did y'all hear what I just said? Your mind, your thinking is only transformed to the quality or degree of teaching that you receive. So if you're always going to a church and they're only teaching you how to be prosperous and abundant, tell your neighbor, the quality of my teaching is poor. We've got to be able to teach, somebody say the full counsel of God. Because I need, watch this, to survive this nasty world, I need my thinking to change. For me to navigate this world without blowing my minds out or somebody else's mind out, I need my thinking to change. Listen, me and my wife were taking our kids out to lunch on yesterday. And we're, we're holding hands with our kids. I got a three-year-old and a four-year-old. And this guy comes speeding by. And just a, in, a, in, a, in, the, in the parking lot of the restaurant, y'all know my old self would have pulled open that door and beat him down right there. But God had to change my thinking. I told him, I said, listen here, you need to slow down when you see kids. He threw up his hand and I wanted to throw some hands with him. But God had changed my thinking. Listen, I promise you, I told my wife I would not be here today if God did not change my thinking. There was a place in my life where I could read the word, where I could quote the scripture, but I never received the word. That was a prime example that God, you have changed my thinking. Tell your neighbor, thank God the pastor's mind has been changed. Somebody would have had to bail me out. Um, Pastor Cole, come bail me out. Come on here. So, So hear this. Here's a word of warning. Be careful who is teaching you and what they are teaching you. Watch this, because the teacher might be famous, but what they're teaching could be false. Tell your neighbor, be careful. Listen, I don't get enamored by numbers. I don't get caught up in buildings. I don't get caught up in what the pastor drives. I don't get caught up in all of that because they could be famous, but what they're teaching is still false. And we wonder why sometimes we go to these churches with all this elaborate stuff and the folk in there still nasty. People still don't know my name. People still know how to walk over me while I'm hurting because people are under teaching with teachers that may be famous, but they teaching is still false. So if that ain't y'all, I know the way church, we we trying to be faithful to the word. Y'all better go save some of y'all friends. Somebody made me saying, why is this significant? But... Because the renewing of your mind, watch this, is in direct response to who is teaching you and what they are teaching you. It's in direct response. If, if I want my mind to be changed, I've got to get under some teaching, watch this, that's going to challenge my thoughts. Did y'all hear what I just said? The Bible says that, that, that in, in the days to come, that men will heap among teachers, watch this, that, that, that will um, align with their lustful thoughts and thinking. So that means I've got, if, listen, if you come to this church and your thoughts are never challenged, that means you're in the wrong church. Y'all hear that? If the things that I do are not challenged, then I'm in the wrong church. If, my, if the way that I live my life is never challenged to go a different course, tell your neighbor you're in the wrong church. 
So, so the renewing of my mind is in direct response to who's teaching you and what they are teaching you. Notice what Paul admonished Titus concerning certain teachers with these words in Titus 1, 13 through 14. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, therefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables, fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. Paul told Titus, there is teaching that you must rebuke, that you must reject, and that you must not receive. Tell your neighbor, don't eat at everybody's table. Somebody say, don't eat at everybody's table. And some of us are so open in our spirits that we eat at everybody's table. Uh, Dr. Claudette Copeland posts something a, a, a few, a few, um, a few weeks ago, and listen, Elizabeth, you part of the family, so I'm just going to say this. They said some questions that black people like to ask. We like to say, who cooked that? I don't know about y'all, but if I'm going over there, I need to know who cooked that. Because I don't eat at everybody's table. So if we have that same mentality at the family cookout, if we have that same mentality at Thanksgiving, why is God's word handled so loosely? I need to know who cooked that. And watch this. It could look good. It could smell good. But because I know who cooked that, it ain't good for me. I don't know about y'all, but it ain't good for me. I know my auntie, mac and cheese smell good, but I know who cooked that. Because watch this. Your mind is renewed. Watch this. Not by just the word you hear, but the word you take hold of. Not just by the word that you have faith in, but the word that you follow. And watch this. Not just by the word that you are taught, but the word that you let transform you. So here's what I'm saying. We've got to ask ourselves, what is the last word of the Lord that you took hold of? That's why your mind hasn't been renewed. Because that last word you never took hold of. What, what, what is the last word of the Lord that you followed? I heard, I know church was good, but did you not cause God to order your steps by his word, dear Lord? How did you follow that word? And what is the last word that you were transformed by? This is why your pastor, somebody say needs a pastor. I've got to make sure that I'm taking, that there's some, some, some word that I took hold of, some word that I followed, or some word that I'm transformed by. Because I said this, your mind, the process of your mind being sanctified, and matter of fact, your mind being sanctified, somebody say, it's a process. That means it's ongoing. That my mind always has to be renewed. It always has to be cleansed. So listen, I know you got saved yesterday, but you got to take hold of a word. Watch this, somebody say today. You've got to follow a word. Somebody say today. today. And there's a word you've got to let transform you. Somebody say today. today. I'm always looking for the next word that's going to transform me. Because watch this. I need that word to transform me to live in this wicked world. I need, somebody say I need another word. I need another word. And somebody may be saying why is this significant? Because Matthew 13, 23 reminds us that this, this promise to those who receive his word. The Bible says, but he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it and indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. 
Therefore, the fruit of a renewed mind will always follow those that don't simply read the word, but that receive the word. Somebody say, I need to see fruit. I'm tired of folk going to church and no fruit proceed itself. I'm tired of shouting, but no fruit. I'm tired of running around, but no fruit. I'm tired of going to church saying, daughter, I'm blessed and highly favored, but no fruit. How long are we going to declare words and not see the fruit of that word? Somebody say you got to receive the word. So hear this. If we want our minds renewed, we can't be in the business of just reading his word. But we need our minds to be renewed by receiving his word. Consider, I need us to see something. Because this, we're born into corruption. We've got to make every effort to clean our minds. Now, I, I, I know you got saved, but your mind still needs to be cleansed. Just as God says, I need your soul and your spirit to be sanctified, so the, does your mind. So we've got to make every effort on this journey. God, cleanse my mind. Our minds must be renewed because void of our minds being renewed, we will never watch this. We will always fail to retain his truth, reveal his truth, and respond to God's truth. In other words, we're useless to God. And this is why I said this, renewing our minds requires that we release our will. We've got to take our hands off of it. Renewing our mind requires that we reject that which is worldly. And watch this, renewing our minds causes us not just to simply read the word, but receive his word. But I believe there's even a more critical reason for every believer to have their minds renewed. Somebody may be saying, Pastor Keith, that's good enough for me. But I need us to consider the last portion of our foundational text. The Bible says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Here's what that means. That means a renewed mind causes a believer to have heaven's awareness, heaven's assessment and heaven's agenda. Did y'all hear what I just said? When you're living in times like this, where you don't know what tomorrow holds, I promise you y'all, I done got some calls over the last few weeks, and I'm like, Lord, what is next? And, and if I wanna know what's next, I've gotta have somebody say a renewed mind. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want a prophet to have to reveal to me heaven's awareness. I don't want a prophet to have to reveal to me heaven's assessment on a situation. I don't want, want to have to depend on a prophet, watch this, to have um, heaven's agenda of what this season holds for my life. So in other words, a renewed mind causes us to have his revealed will. Did y'all hear what I just said? A renewed mind causes us to have God's revealed will. Oh, do y'all hear me? Somebody say, I have God's direction. You don't have to depend. Watch this. Somebody say, I ain't got to depend on Pastor Keith. I ain't got to depend on the first lady. Somebody say, I ain't got to depend on the first lady. I don't have to depend on Pastor Cole. I want God's reveal, his will revealed unto me. And the reason why many people are void of direction and God's will for their life is because their minds are not renewed. See, I don't know about nobody else, but I, 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 I want that promise. This season in which we are in, I promise you, I don't know what is next. But I need God to give me heaven's awareness. I need God. God, what's going on? I need heaven's assessment. I need heaven's agenda on this season. 
If you want that as well, I want you to stand to your feet. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you, God, for your presence in this place. God, we don't want to be like Adam and Eve when they were kicked out of the garden. Father, they lost the ability for your will to be revealed for their lives. And matter of fact, God, the Bible speaks of them in this way. And even as the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they wandered there. God, we can't afford to wander in this journey. We can't afford to God to not have a level of direction as to where you want us to go. God, I believe your people desire your direction. So God, I pray God that you renew our minds. God, help us to know God that this is an ongoing process. God, we need a word, not just from yesterday, not just from today, but God, we'll need a word tomorrow that will transform our minds. So God, that your will might be revealed unto us. So God, I pray God that we'll release our will because we'll never get your will unless we release our will. God, we know, I know you allowed us to have degrees. I know you, God, you allowed us to have some level of influence, some level of power and authority. But God, there's no authority like your authority. So God, I pray, God, that before we make any decision, God, we ask, are you in it? Are you in it, God? And God, if you ain't in it, don't let us get in it as well, God. And God, we pray, God, that we'll reject what's worldly. Whatever wants to appease our flesh, whatever wants to attract, our flesh is attracted to, and God, whatever is trying to align with our flesh, God, help us reject it. God, help us not to entertain thoughts, God, that do not edify. God, help us, God, to not entertain content that does not glorify. And God, let us help to not entertain things, God, that do not sanctify us, God. Help us, God, we pray. And God, as, as we release our will, God, as we reject what's worldly, God. God, I pray, God, that we can receive your word. God, help us, God. I don't, some of us are visiting today, God, but I pray, God, that they always find themselves under teachers that are teaching your truth. God, because our mind is only transformed to the degree and quality of our teaching. So, God, help us to not just simply read your word, but to receive your word. God, we need another word. We need another word to endure this wicked world. And God, we thank you for the promise. Thank you, God, for the reminder of Minister Dominique this morning. God, that we have a promise. And God, that promise is, God, that if we renew our minds, God, you will reveal your will unto us. So God, we won't enter into that marriage. We won't enter into that meeting. God, we won't start that ministry. God, if your will is not revealed unto us, thank you, God, for revealing your will to your people. For this is a season, God, where we need your will to be revealed to us. We love you, we adore you. And every believer that wants a renewed mind, say thank God and amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.